Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Ella Jean Ehrlich. I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. I'm Rosie. This is Martina Navratilova. This is Mark Forbes. I'm Andy Murray. You're listening to the Tennis Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with the Tenograph and with Eurosport. This is David Law coming to you from Garden Square at the Australian Open and Melbourne Park on day two of the year's first major tournament of 2018. I'm on my own today because Catherine Whitaker has unfortunately been taken unwell. Um, she has gone to rest up a little bit ahead of day three and uh, hopefully will be back with us on the podcast tomorrow. However, happy to say we do have guests and they are very good guests too. We've got Simon Briggs with us from the Telegraph, of course, our partners uh, on the tennis podcast. And he is going to be talking us through the press conference that Novak Djokovic attended after his match of course we uh, discussed the situation with the player meeting that Novak Djokovic was part of and uh, all the stories that came from that we'll also be speaking to Jill Krabass top 50 player who is here with me uh, a little later in the show to talk about the day's play and there have been so many great matches uh, to watch for us and the return of Djokovic on court he was quite fabulous uh, in his win today over Donald Jung in straight sets the return of Stanford Rinka who won through Maria Sharapova performing very well in the first match she's played in two years here since the doping um, positive test that she had a couple of years ago here and the subsequent suspension and of course we've had Johanna Conter in action she was in very good form and went through pretty straightforwardly Roger Federer was at his regal best in the evening and Ash Barty I've just been commentating on her for BBC Radio 5 Live and she squeezed through against a big hitter in uh, Sabalenka of Belarus Marina Sabalenka who I think we're going to be hearing a lot more of in the future but where else could we start, really, other than the story that has been dominating conversation here at the Australian Open over the last 36 to 48 hours? We told you about the gist of what we knew from the article in the Daily Mail by Mike Dixon about how uh, Novak Djokovic had 
basically held court in the players' meeting, the ATP players' meeting, and had asked officials to leave so that all the players could talk amongst themselves and have their own private conversation. Normally, of course, that is a, a, a meeting that involves the ATP officials, and they were told all about the prize money that the Australian Open hopes to increase to over the next five years, doubling the prize money, and uh, various other elements of uh, housekeeping from the ATP with Ross Hutchins and Chris Commode there. Um, what has happened today, certainly in terms of the newspapers reporting, is that the word boycott was used as a possibility going forwards uh, if maybe the players didn't get exactly what they wanted at this tournament. Now, obviously, those are very strong words and uh, they were addressed by Novak Djokovic after his straight sets win over Donald Jung and he was asked whether it was true that the subject of a boycott had come up in that player meeting no boycott no can, can you clarify for, uh, for the non-players what your issues are and the way you see forward with them well I, I saw that, that, that some of you have written a story that has you know been a little bit exaggerated and uh, you've taken things out of the context and I saw that you've portrayed me as someone that is very greedy and asks for more money and wants to boycott but you know I, I respect your you know freedom and decisions to do that but uh, not, not, not much of what you have wrote is true what happened is that we players just wanted to have us players talk about certain topics I don't think there is anything unhealthy about that uh, we get together 100 players get together two or three times in a whole year and this is one of the, the places where, where we get together. So, you know, we wanted to use this opportunity to speak about uh, certain subjects and see how everyone, you know, reacts to that. And I guess uh, see what opinions are. Um, there was no decisions being made. There was no talks about boycott or anything like that. So that's all I can say, really. I mean... There's not, nothing much else to add. What are your thoughts on unionizing? You know there was, listen, you know, I know that you guys are, are trying to take this forward several steps, you know, and obviously you want, you're talking about union, you talk about boycott, you talk about radical, you know, uh, decisions to make and move so we can get financial compensations the way we deserve it, but there was no talks about that. And I, I, again, I'm saying it was subjects that that we never get a chance to talk about in such a large group that's all it was i never have intentionally thrown anybody out of the room it was everything was done in a very normal polite way players wanted to stay alone it was up to 100 players in the room we talked about things that we talked about and that's all and in the future we might have more of this kind of you know, get-togethers and, and just to, to, to see where we are because you never get to hear what majority of the players really thinks between the players. So that's that was the whole purpose of us getting together. And the majority was more, more or less agreed on what either you or someone else was saying or there were people saying black and other people saying white? Well, what do you think? Uh, well, I think uh, it's not important what I think. <laughs> I think, and I keep it to myself. <laughs> no, you've had uh, support from some quarters, like Andy Roddick and Judy Murray, 
who said there's merit in the idea of a players' union and perhaps even between the W, between the two tours. I mean, what is your view on that, for instance? Right now, the things are as they are. You know, if I if I uh, speak, you know, further about uh, any of the subjects that you've mentioned, obviously it might be taken out of the context, and I don't want that. So my focus is on this tournament at the moment. I'm really happy that we got a chance, all of us players, to speak together in one place and in, uh, in one moment for an hour, and that's all it was. Novak, are you still, you and the players, are you still in favor of trying to? get a greater percentage of the revenue from tournaments. Is that an issue? Because it seems like tournaments are increasing their revenue every year and maybe the players... Everybody's trying to do their best. So, I mean, we're here at the Australian Open and they always try to try to compensate the players in the in best possible way. And Craig Tiley was always uh, you know, trying to accommodate players to make them feel like at home and make them feel respected and valued and... So, I mean, things are going in the right direction, obviously. You know, the question that you asked me, you can ask president of ATP. I'm, uh, pre- I'm part of the council, but I, you know, I don't sit on these negotiation tables. Um, you know, obviously, before you get anything to be voted on the board, it has to go through council. It's not only me that makes some calls, far from that. I'm just glad that I'm part of it, that I can contribute to a better sport today and in the future, and hopefully... The next generation will even have a better sport. You also know the other side, having been tournament director in Belgrade. Yeah. Having owned the tournament. Well, it's it's quite different being tournament director. You know, my my uncle was tournament director in Belgrade, two fifty event and Grand Slam is quite different. But you know, uh, ATP uh, is an association of players and and tournaments, and uh, you know it has worked like that for the last forty. 40 plus years in this kind of a harmony so to say it's, it's not easy because a lot of times there's a conflict of interest but everybody's trying to do their best When, when, when you say um, no boycott of the Australian Open are you saying that that wasn't a subject that you raised at, at the meeting? There wasn't a subject I raised, no Did you have a lawyer present with you? No So that's Novak Djokovic, the response from him in his press conference, which we'd all been waiting for. It had been the the subject of conversation over the last 36 hours. And the journalists obviously had their chance to to question him. And one of those was Simon Briggs, our Telegraph partners on the tennis podcast. And uh, I was joined straight after the press conference by Simon and asked him what he made of what Novak had to say. Well, he said there was no lawyer. Well, you know, we had our sources for that story. And then just looking at Ubi Tennis, you know, an Italian website that we we all know reasonably well, which is quite solid informationally. They've got a, a source here saying um, Djokovic even brought a law professor to explain to them this is a huge thing and that they all need to unite to make it happen. Um, you know, we think we know quite a lot about that. So, I mean, I guess what we could be dealing with is a question of semantics to some degree, Mm -hmm. an interpretation as to to what is a lawyer. And I think possibly if the lawyer was there, then uh, the lawyer might have said, hypothetically, if you want to boycott the Australian Open, then these are the things you'd have to do. And specifically what you'd have to do is have a different body because you can't uh, legally coordinate a boycott through the ATP. This is a central point. And so I think you know, Novak probably can say, 
it's a structural issue that I'm raising. I mean, he hasn't even admitted that, has he? Um, he really didn't want to talk about it. I think everyone knows that it's a bit toxic. Um, and some of the power plays that have been going on in the last few days have maybe been directed at Novak and what we could call his co-conspirators, who we have a pretty good idea who they are, but uh, most of them have been reluctant to talk about it as well. Probably the most outspoken one was Viktor Troitsky. He said uh, Novak's right, um, given what the Grand Slams earn, what we are being paid is ridiculous. Um, But then... It's a difficult argument to make fly in the public domain when you consider that the winner of Wimbledon gets two million pounds and the first round loser, what, 35, 37,000? Um, the thing is that the people who probably need the money are the ones lower down the scale. And I think Novak might even have been making that point in the meeting from what I hear. They're the ones... Um, and actually, Kevin Anderson said this, uh, his vice president. Kevin Anderson said yesterday, the Im- conditions have improved up to number 100 and then we're trying to push that to 150, 200. Now, the awkwardness that comes in here is that, well, how's the slam going to do that? Because these guys aren't really playing. They might, be, they might play qualifying, but they're certainly not going to make main draw. And then you run into the great uh, head-scratching conundrums of a sport in which there are seven governing bodies, four slams, two tours, and the ITF who makes the rules. And that is why it's just a complete labyrinth for everyone. It is. Uh, Andy Roddick, incidentally, who we brought up yesterday uh, as somebody who kind of went through a similar process to this, maybe not a, quite as dramatic in a player meeting as such, but certainly um, ha- has long argued that uh, he believes that tennis players should be getting a bigger piece of the of the Grand Slam revenue pie. Um, he tweeted today that he's always thought that a player union, a, a singular body that represents the interests of the players is a good idea as far as he's concerned but um at the same time I, I spoke to Mats Verlander earlier who was a big part of setting up the ATP world tour as we see it today the 50 percent partners tournaments and players and and you know he's he says he feels that yes you need to hear all the voices but they, they've always pretty much been able to roll along well together so um it, it's an interesting one isn't it and I guess we watch this space yeah, and if you look at the figures uh, for the overall prize money, they have increased. Um, well, they haven't quite doubled in, in 10 years, but it's not far off. Um, the sport is getting much better, uh, more lucrative for the leading players. Yes, life is still tough, low down the, the uh, scale, and we're going to soon be hearing from the independent review panel about what that means on, on the ground in terms of corruption and, and the daily trials of playing futures and challenges but um things are getting better um and you'd have to say that it's pretty confrontational to take the microphone at that players meeting and ask the officials from the atp to leave the room um and now everyone who was involved in it sounds like they're trying to row back and not surprisingly because they probably in the political sense it was a it was a bit of an overstep um, and also Novak said today, I, I didn't th- I've never thrown anybody out of the room. Well, that's semantics, isn't it? He might not have thrown them out of the room. He just asked them politely to leave. I mean, this, this we can say with certainty. Yeah, it's, it is an interesting one. And, and do the, the transcripts are available, the reports in, in Simon's piece. You'll be able to read uh, exactly what everybody said. And uh, it, it's interesting. And uh, we'll, we'll see which way it goes from here. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. So that's Novak Djokovic off the court. What about on the court? Because he has basically come back today and played the first match that we've seen him play since Wimbledon which is extraordinary when you think about it it's been that long since we've seen Novak Djokovic on a tennis court he was up against Donald Young today he won through in straight sets I personally thought he was absolutely fantastic I'm joined here by Jill Krabass former top 50 player I was really surprised with the form that he managed to find this quickly yeah, I was too, especially because the way that he's been talking, that he wasn't sure if he was going to be 100%, and he was basically waiting for the first round to see how well he felt on the court, and he said his practices were going pretty well, but I was really impressed too, because Donald Young is a really tricky player, left-handed, and can uh, can be very consistent, very aggressive, but the way Djokovic handled himself and the way he was moving around the court, I was impressed too. He had the, the sleeve on that I, I imagine he's trying to keep keep it warm and, 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 and stop it moving about too much, the joint etc because you know elbow problems are horrible for tennis players aren't they I mean it's a long time he's been out yeah absolutely I think I think that's smart I mean I don't I, I'm 
I mean, he knows how to take care of himself, but I think that's a smart choice because um, when you have any sort of injury or any sort of problem, you really do get a little bit hesitant when you're moving around the court or when you're swinging the racket. So I think that just gave him a little bit extra security so he didn't have to think about it as much, and I think it allowed him to swing a little bit more freely. One of the things I noticed before he went out there, he was deep in conference for quite a while with both Radek Stepanek and Andre Agassi, his coaching team here. I imagine even as, as great as Djokovic is as a player that has done this much in the game there's going to be doubts and, he, and he, there's a psychological element to all this isn't there the, the comeback well you're absolutely correct it's, it doesn't it's not going to have that coaching team is not going to have anything to do with technique or his game plan or what he needs to change it's going to be that extra boost and confidence that that he's going to need or even if you're not I mean you're not going to wake up feeling great every single day so it's just that extra support from your coaches just reminders that look you know you don't feel great today but you can still find a way to win it's all those just small little details and I think he feels good with them with Agassi and Stepanek around him so I mean they give him that extra energy He's got Gail Monfils next. How about that? Second round. <laughs> That's going to be a fun match to watch. I mean, we you know what you're going to get. You're going to get some entertainment with Monfils, but... Um, does he have the belief that he can beat Djokovic? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, that's going to be very interesting. Another one who came back today, Stan Wawrinka. He looked, I mean, he didn't look as convincing as Djokovic. He's got the knee problem. Uh, But I have to say, he he did a lot better than I expected. He managed to come through and win in four sets today against Ricardo Barankis. Won the first two, 6-3, 6-4. And it was, well, there was some trademark Stan in there. The booming backhand, the, the authority on the court, barrel chested as he always is, looked in good physical condition apart from the fact that it, he still says he has this pain in the knee and, and he did say, I, I was getting tired, you know, as the match was going on, didn't have as much energy. You can't necessarily replicate a match situation, can you, in, in, in practice if you've been out for a few months? No, you really can't. It's impossible. And I I think um, I think a lot of coaches try to, but you really can't. You can't do it because you, you'll never have that. Like pr- you can't recreate the pressure that's added when you're actually playing a tournament and playing against these other guys in a Grand Slam. So um, it doesn't surprise me that he did get a little bit t- tired because when you don't have that extra match play and that extra pressure, it's just completely different. So, but I mean, you know, he's a strong guy. I think um, I think he'll he'll bounce back. It does depend how the knee feels after that. At, after that first match but I I thought he looked better than I expected as well I thought he was moving better than I expected Um, and he plays a little bit more flashier than Djokovic so it's not a surprise that he struggled a little bit more than Djokovic in the first round Um, but I thought he actually did he handled himself well yep so he's through Stan Wawrinka still continues he won through 7-6 in the fourth set in the end another player returning and that was Maria Sharapova somebody I know she came back last year but she hasn't played this tournament for a couple of years since the the doping suspension that she uh, endured after uh, testing positive here two years ago. She came out and there was a little wobble in the second set, but but she won through pretty comfortably in the end against the fantastically named Tatiana Maria. So you did have the two surnames on the scoreboard at the same time, Maria against Sharapova. I loved that. I mean, that's how small my mind is. Uh, But it was, was, you know, it's a good start for her, isn't it? And she's got some stiff tests to come. Uh, Anastasia Sevastova next, maybe Angelique Kerber third round. Yeah, I mean, that could be tricky. I think it's good that she got through that first round too because, um, you know, it's her first 
time back since the since the positive um, doping that she had here. So I think that's that that was good for her to get through that first round. I think it'll make her feel more comfortable going into the second round. And but but you said that blip she had, I mean she always has blips in her matches in in my opinion. Like there there are moments in many of her matches where all of a sudden she'll have like a weak service game or or she'll make a couple errors that we're not used to it. But what's so impressive about her is is her competitiveness and how she's always able to bounce back from those moments. And that's what she did again in this first round. But um, when it gets to a little bit later in the draw and more consistent players, I think it'll be interesting. Like, she can't afford to have those blips. But, um, yeah, I think a lot of people are happy to see her back. We saw Johanna Conta today uh, win very handily. We, we've been talking about how many how many players could win this title. Yeah. I think we're up to about twenty now. <laughs> Is Conta one of those for you? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, she has the game, she has the capability. I think she definitely has the confidence to do it. Um, and I think I think all the women in the draw know that it is pretty open, and it's going to basically come down to who can handle that pressure the best, in my opinion, because everyone knows that that it, it, there's a chance that they could win. So, which woman are you going for? I I chose Wozniacki. I think, um, and it's not just because you know she had an unbelievable end of the year last year. She won the finals, and I but. Overall, she was one of the most consistent players throughout the year last year. And I think mentally now, she, I think she's ready to be like, okay, I'm, I, can win, I can win a Grand Slam. I think before it was in her mind, like, can I do it? And it was always that thing that was hanging over her head that I haven't done it yet. But I just feel like she's in a better frame of mind mentally to be like, okay, this is, it's time. Yeah, but I've gone for Simona Hanup. She twisted her ankle today. I mean, that's not fair. I chose that before she twisted her ankle. It's... <laughs> I know, but that doesn't that doesn't mean anything. I mean, it does. It, I mean, it depends how bad it is. But she could bounce back, and it could it could have been nothing. We don't know because she after she twisted her ankle, she bounced back, won the second set six one, and didn't seem to that it was a problem then. Now, you know the repercussions of that. Maybe it'll swell up a little bit later. So we'll have to wait and see. But you know, she's 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 a tough woman. I think she's she's going to be okay. Oh, you made me feel a little bit better. <laughs> That's good. Um, I've got her beating Yulia Gerges in the final. What do you think? That's a big call. I no, I, I like that call actually because I I think Julia can actually go pretty far this year. I think um, talking about men- mentality, I think she has. A, I think her belief has gone up like one thousand percent. I think she feels like now she belongs in that top echelon consistently. Um, so I like that call, David. That uh, that Roger Federer is still quite good at tennis, isn't yeah, he? He's not bad. I have I have either him or Dimitrov winning. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, it's hard to root against Roger, but I, I wouldn't mind Dimitrov winning a slam. Today we had uh, Will Ferrell and uh, yeah. the, Will Ferrell, isn't it? Sorry, the, yeah, uh, the, okay. the 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 comedian, the actor, uh, and John Mackino and Roger Federer in a three-way interview on court. <laughs> that was hilarious. I think I felt like Will Ferrell didn't quite know what to ask him, and then Roger looked a little bit uncomfortable because he wasn't quite sure how to answer the question. But they had a lot of fun out there. It was fun to see. And it was also fun uh, afterwards. Federer did a press conference and was talking about. Out, why he gives so much in press conferences and, and the responsibility he feels and he said I do feel sometimes a bit sorry for some of the players because I think that they get burned a little maybe some something gets misinterpreted in the press conference or something and they and they feel not so comfortable I, I imagine I mean I don't know how did you feel about that can you can you see that from a player's perspective that maybe there's a there's a lack of confidence to really truly be themselves um I definitely see that yeah and I mean I 
a long time ago, I got burned as well. Um, what happened? Um, it was, I, you know, to, to be honestly, I can't really remember what it was about, but my parents were not very happy about it. And it was when I was really young. Um, so my family wasn't very happy about it, but, um, but then, but I have to say like, then I've, I've had interviews with journalists where it's been exactly what I said and the content was great. The context was perfect. And so you do tend to learn to trust, I think certain people, and then you do start to get a little bit more free, but I think so I can understand some players I feel they they sometimes feel a little bit protective of, of themselves and they don't really want to reveal too much and I do think sometimes when you're interviewing players it can get a little bit robotic um, but I know David you and ta- I talked about this a little bit earlier I think in, in Roger's case I feel like he does a really good job of explaining exactly what he's trying to get across and I think the the journalists in the room when they're listening to him do a really good good job of taking their time to listen to what he has to say and I think that's why he's such a great ambassador of the sport and such a good example because I think he by exuding that I think he can allow other players to feel more comfortable to kind of reveal a little bit more and not be so afraid that it might be something might be taken out of context because in in my opinion from when I was young from that point on I actually had a great experience with journalists and and the people that I talked to so I think um I think journalists are starting are being respectful of that a little bit more often I think yeah it does take a a little bit of time doesn't it so we very much have enjoyed the day's play I should just say on on the on the subjects of predictions um I had a look at all the people who'd entered our tennis podcast predictions challenge and one of the questions was who's going to win the the rematch between Catherine and David Law. We had a match once three years ago. Jill and I lost uh, 12-10 in a Champions tiebreak. 21 people think Catherine's going to win and five think I'm going to win. That's, I mean... But but for what? Like to win... To play tennis. You're going to actually go play? Yeah. It's not that big a (laughs) surprise. I mean... I know I I'm not very. I'm be, not. Can I be the umpire? I know I'm not very athletic looking, Jill. No, I know you are athletic looking. I just didn't know you played. I, this is the first time I've heard of this. Out of the years I've known you, how am I? How is this the first time I've, we could be hitting? We could have been hitting this whole time. Can you train me up? I love hitting. We could have been. Hitting you can this train whole time. me to beat Catherine Whitaker. Yeah. Well, I don't need to train you. I don't think I need to train you. Twenty-one people out of twenty-six I think I'm going to lose. Tips. I can give you some tips, but I've never seen her play either. She's too good for me so far, anyway. In our in our short history, we've only played one match in ten years, and the rematch is coming soon. And now Jill Crabass, well, top fifty player. I have confidence in you. I'm going to be your sixth supporter. Yeah, and my coach. I tell you, um, I can't wait for that. Uh, the order of play tomorrow is out. Nick Kyrgios is going to be playing uh, on the High Sense Arena once again. We've got Rafael Nadal in action. I think Grigor Dimitrov. I think he is playing the night session tomorrow as well. There's loads and loads of good matches to look forward to on the order of play tomorrow so do go and check out uh, the various websites and and have a look at what you want to watch we will be back as of course with as normal of course with the tennis podcast post play i do want to say just a, a couple of quick corrections uh, and, and explanations about uh, one comment i said in the first podcast of this uh, tournament was we were talking about bruce mcavani the great uh, australian commentator wondering where he was apparently he's not enjoying the best of health just at the moment so that's the reason he's not commentating for channel seven just at the moment we wish him the, a, a very quick recovery also i got a factual error uh, yesterday uh, when i said that gilles simon was the player council president of course he's not it's no 
Novak Djokovic. My head was scrambled, so excuse me uh, for getting that wrong. We have been the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport. Jill, lovely to have you with us. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. It's thank you pleasure. for agreeing to be my coach <laughs> in my rematch against Catherine Whitaker. Uh, we've also been sponsored by the La Manga Club, who are responsible for making Catherine Whitaker the tennis player that she is after her amazing holiday this summer. And uh, she thinks she is going to beat me. Well, uh, we'll see. Uh, we are brought to you, of course, by our executive producers, Triple S, Melanie Bowes, TennisBalls.com, and our mascot is Charlie the Ferret. Would you believe we, are, we have a sponsor that is a ferret? I think that's awesome. I know. It is awesome. I'll tell you, I'll, wait, I'll show you a picture of Charlie the Ferret. He's the coolest. Um, and uh, so we'll be back very soon. Catherine Whitaker, get well soon. Hopefully she will be back with us on the Tennis Podcast tomorrow. But at least it's meant that we've been able to have Jill with us. And we've had you with us listening. Thank you for joining us. We'll speak to you tomorrow. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.